That's it. It's the last podcast, the last show for this week. Uh, the Santon Times podcast, calling it a Christmas and a New Year. And I'm glad you've decided to join us for this uh, episode 38, week 51 of 2020, as we wrap it all up. Wow, I can't believe it's been 38 weeks of doing this uh, podcast, but it's been absolutely fantastic. We've had so much fun doing it. And uh, I can't believe it's Christmas is just around the corner. Uh, I hope you've gotten all your Christmas shopping done. But let's get all the formalities out of the way before we launch into uh, this last episode for 2020. You can email editor at santantimes.co.za if you want to get in touch. You can also connect with us on social media using at santantimes. Don't forget to visit the blog at santantimes.co.za and you can subscribe, share and leave a review or rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, YouTube or wherever you get fantastic podcasts and I hope you're making some time to catch up on some of the podcasts that you might not have heard uh, this year as you uh, travel to wherever you do travel to and even if you're not traveling even if you're just staying in town and deciding to just take it easy well I hope that you uh, get some time to listen to those podcasts that you've wanted to listen to for the last few months. Well, welcome to our listeners from Greater Santon and beyond, including Canada, Germany and Brazil this past week. I'm happy to report that all is well in Santon land. And as always, we are fueled by DeLonghi Coffee, getting us through this last stretch into Christmas, Boxing Day and then the New Year time, which, uh, yeah, I guess we're all a little bit optimistic about 2021, although I think it's going to be uh, more of the same. uh, It seems like everyone's getting used to the pandemic Maybe sometimes not in a good way. I don't know. We've had some um, concerns about numbers rising again in South Africa. And uh, I hope that everyone just stays sensible and safe. And uh, let's just try and eliminate this pandemic as much as we can. Because we can't afford to go into another serious lockdown or into a situation where we're all having to start from scratch again. So let's try and be sensible. Let's try and stay safe. And uh, yeah, let's make it a memorable and happy time rather than something that we have to look back on with tears and disappointment. Right, as we get into this uh, week's uh, episode, let's kick off with stories making headlines in Santon for this week. And as always, this update is brought to you by megaflightdeals.co.za, your one-stop for non-stop cheap flights. And uh, a lot of people deciding to have some staycations in uh, this December. A public survey conducted by Santon Central Management District revealed that most people are eager to shop, dine and be entertained and have planned staycations for this festive season. So not too many people going away. They surveyed around 230 people in this poll and majority, which is about 78% of respondents, indicated that they feel comfortable to go shopping and dining and enjoy leisure and entertainment during Level 1 of South Africa's COVID-19 lockdown. When they were asked how they would intend to celebrate this festive season, three quarters, that's uh, 75% of those who did share their plans, said they would enjoy a staycation this year, while 25% did intend to travel on holiday to wherever that is. Uh, The survey also provided insights into the activities people were most likely to take part in during the school holidays. Most said they would uh, go to restaurants, so that's just over 50%. Then uh, they would also enjoy outdoor activities in parks. And then uh, there's also some who would say they would take 
day trips within the province, and then some would visit outdoor markets and view festive lights and take part in fun runs and walks. So that's what people are planning whilst they're staying in and around Santon uh, this uh, festive season. Then the Gau train has a collection of abandoned cars. A green Volkswagen Golf is said to have taken up residence shortly after the station opened back in 2010. So this Volkswagen Golf has been standing there for 10 years. That's according to the Santon Chronicle. According to the Gau train management agency, across all nine of its parking facilities, there are about 12 motor vehicles which have been deemed abandoned. And uh, if the golf owner would by any chance reappear at the station to collect the car, it would cost them a small fortune to drive the vehicle out of the station's parking area. If you had to take into account all the parking fees over the last 10 years, well, you're probably looking at about 300,000 rand that would need to be paid before leaving the parking area. So I don't know if that green golf is worth that much, but uh, yeah, it might still be staying there for many years to come. Then rage and other events in and around Johannesburg uh, were called off. Uh, The Plet Rage uh, had been cancelled after the organisers failed to get permission from Garden Route officials, reports News24. Organiser Ronan Klugman uh, took to Instagram to share the following sound clip. We have consulted with the officials in the Garden Route and have been given a directive that we can no longer continue with the festival. We therefore have to cancel. The reason being given is that the uncontrollable nature of COVID mixed with the high volumes of positive cases within the garden route places Pletrage as an extremely volatile and dangerous event to go to. The decision was not taken lightly. In fact, there is no one else that would more want for this to happen than myself and my team. But morally, we simply cannot continue with the information that we have now. We understand how gut-wrenching this must be for you, but please also take into consideration that there were approximately 900 staff that would have helped to create the festival and put it on for all of you. These people will no longer be able to earn directly from this. The effects of COVID and the fallout that is having on our entertainment industry is apocalyptic and it is completely devastating for the staff concerned. So there you have it, Uh, not an easy time for event organisers and uh, following the cancellation of Plet Rage, many night spots and venues in Johannesburg opted to cancel their events uh, that were scheduled over the coming days and I guess that will probably be the way things are going to run until there is some clarity or some sort of certainty as to how this virus will be brought under control. So... Yeah, uh, quite uh, some some tough news there as well. And uh, I think it'll uh, continue to come well into 2021 as uh, we kick off in January. Then finally, uh, top episodes for this year of the podcast. It's our first year, so I thought it'd be quite fun to have a look at uh, our top episodes uh, for this year. Well, kicking off at number 10, we had an episode from our Business Recovery Podcast. This was a special series that we put together for you uh, during the initial lockdown phase of 21 days to help small to medium-sized business owners maybe get some insight from top uh, business strategists, uh, financial minds, business minds, academic minds to see how to react and act uh, with this particular virus and how do you potentially come out stronger on the other side. So, at number 10, we had the business recovery interview with uh, Bernard Swanepoel. At number 9, we had the business recovery interview with uh, Douglas Kruger, who'd also just uh, brought out a related book. At number 8, it was episode 2, which was first week of lockdown in Santon Feels Like Big Brother. And I think I uh, remember 
we interviewed uh, Mark Pilgrim and Pastor Andre Ulifier of uh, Rivers Church in Santon in that episode. Then at number seven, it is episode 13, Get Out of Santon Lockdown, Buy Out an Island. And I remember we interviewed uh, some people up in the Maldives who were doing some very interesting things in terms of a lockdown on an island. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 13, uh, maybe this is a chance to go back in the archives and have a listen to that over December. Then at number six, it was another business recovery interview, but this time with Pavlo Fatidis. Uh, also, uh, a really great conversation there in terms of how to strengthen your business and, and just keep it afloat during this difficult time. At number five, it was episode three, Santon's COVID-19 Hotel and Uber Eats Returns. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Then at number four, it was episode five, Billions and Billions and Billions and Billions. Uh, that was a week just after Sil Ramaphosa announced uh, his bailout plans and COVID-19 coping strategies for business and uh, a lot of the different industries. Then at number three, it was episode six, Short and Saucy in Santon. For whatever reason, that episode did particularly well. Uh, at number two, it was episode four, Mixed Week as Santon Remains in Lockdown. And then at number one, it's episode one, believe it or not, Santon on 21-day lockdown during coronavirus COVID-19. And maybe it was... Just because it was the first episode that we'd done, I think a lot of people were very curious to hear. And uh, also, I suppose, very topical. Uh, we did quite a bit of uh, news on uh, what was happening in Santon at the time. And uh, those are your top 10 episodes of the Santon Times for this year. There's a couple of honorable mentions that I think are worth uh, throwing into the mix. The episode Santon Jet Setting also did very well, which is episode number 17. Then episode 19 episode 20, episode 22, 26, 29, 32, 33, 34, and 36 did very well. So those are just some notable mentions uh, because those came online when we then moved on to more and more platforms, which probably also then changed the numbers quite a bit as well. So we've managed to capture sort of the data from eight different platforms that you can get the Santon Times podcast on. And uh, yeah, there you go. So thank you so much for your support. <laughs> Hotel has emerged on the corner of Maud and West Street during the course of 2020 named Hotel Sky. This week, we had a chance to take a tour of the new property. I also had the opportunity to sit down with Managing Director of Hotel Sky in Santon, Paul Kelly, and I started by asking him about this new addition to the Santon skyline. Having been in the hospitality industry for, for many years and paid my school fees and cut my teeth and did all those kind of things, I was given this opportunity of saying, well, how can we create something that's completely different and new in the hospitality space? Because I really believe that the industry as a whole needs to reinvent itself and create something which is unique and different for, you know, for the general market. Majority of the hotels in and around the major metropoles, Santon, Cape Town, they're also expensive. So it kind of excludes a lot of your lower LSM travelers within South Africa, of which all of those travelers are, those are the people that travel within the country. So it's a fallacy about international travel, to be honest. If we just took the full international travel in 2010 and you distributed amongst all the hotels within South Africa, there wouldn't be one hotel that would achieve more than a 3% occupancy. So international travel is not where it should be from a global perspective. And so we, we looked at it and we said, what can we do to create a product that is going to compete 
and but not only compete offer something that's unique and different in the hospitality sector and that's where we came up with looking at saying well how do we do it at a relatively competitive rate from a build perspective and how do we do it quickly and roll this plan out very quickly and so what we did was we said let's look at and identify some existing office buildings that we can convert and turn them into hotels like right in the hub and that's how we came up with a hotel sky concept well, to put that into context for people listening, if you know Santon, you'll probably remember the old uh, Edward Nathan Sonnenberg uh, building ENS on the corner of Morden West. Absolutely. So you're literally a, a stone throw away from the convention center, and you've now taken what was an office building and turned that into a hotel. And that seems to be a general trend in Santon to now move from having a lot of office space to now also creating these sort of living hubs, be it apartments or be it hospitality areas? Absolutely. So there's there's a fair amount of what we would call B-grade office blocks, where a lot of corporates have either grown and so they've moved into new premises, like some of the big properties that are on um, Ravonia, the top end of Ravonia Road, and you have a look at like ENS. ENS moved to the mark. So they vacated a premises which is massive, it's 19,000 square meters. So what do you do with it? And then, you know, you've got other buildings around here as well that are now even more so going to become dormant with this whole this pandemic, with people working from home. So are they going to bring all of those people back into the office space? Probably not. Maybe only 80% or 70%. So they don't necessarily need those office spaces anymore. So it gives us another opportunity to have a look at it and say, well, what else can we do with it? You know, small apartments. Uh, student accommodation uh, those kind of things are now becoming real top priority and if we create more living within Santon whilst it's still within walking or it's in walking distance to some of the office nodes and that student accommodation not necessarily so you grow the student accommodation which means you need the additional public transport as well so it starts to become a snowball effect where you can you can now develop the hub as a whole well, this is not your first uh, rodeo in terms of hospitality. I mean, we spoke earlier on, you mentioned you've been in hospitality for many, many years on the operational side, now in the investment side of it as well. Absolutely. And uh, you've had one successful property, I think, in Santon specifically that you uh, that you sold to a, to a bigger group. Absolutely. Uh, and what gave you the faith to put sort of cold, hard cash on the table and essentially invest in the future of Santon with so many people, I mean, let's deduct COVID out of the out of the equation because we didn't know about that a year ago. Absolutely. But, but what gave you the faith to kind of still push on in terms of investing in Santon where so many people are, are on the doomsday bus saying, you know, oh, you know, Santon's kind of reached its peak. There's enough offices. There's enough hotels. You know, how many more can we build? So I, and that's a, it's a really, really good question because I think too many people that are sitting at, at board level are, they're thinking in the past as to how things used to be in the 80s and the 90s. The world has completely changed. And so we knew that there is an opportunity to come come to market with a brand new fresh product, which is what this new market is actually looking for. They're looking for something new, something fresh, somewhere else to spend their money as opposed to same old, same old, same old. And so for us, it was a no-brainer. You know, you've got, in terms of your, your domestic traveler, which is made up of corporate and leisure, you've got 
probably over 15 to 20 million people that are tra- that are potential travelers the corporate market obviously looking to uh, to lower their costs as far as travel is concerned but not lower the standard that their employees have been accustomed to in terms of traveling so they don't want to take you know they didn't want to put them into some uh, little place down the road that's been converted into four bedrooms and they still want their their employees to have some sort of you know comfort uh, which is what you have at home in any case. And so we looked at it and we said, well, how do, what do we create that's going to work? And so that's how we came up with this concept of creating a very high-tech space. We sell rooms and we sell a sleep experience. So all of our rooms, we have a 300 thread count linen on the beds. You don't even get that in some of the five-star properties. And I, I knew that the moment we bring a product like that to market at a reduced price, we're going to be inundated with people wanting to stay with us. And then you also have the African market, which many times we, we discount how big that market is in terms of shopping potential or people just coming down to, uh, to South Africa, should I say. And that market is very deep. And we saw that with the other developments that we did. And we're starting to see a little bit of traction now with our new property here in Santon, the Hotel Sky, where even though it's slow at the moment, we're starting to see the traction of African guests coming into Santon to do shopping. And then you've got your local, your local tourist. Some people have captioned this comment of staycation. The great thing about the, the previous product that we did was we had people from Bryanston and Santon and Fourways checking into the hotel on a Friday and a Saturday night because they wanted to be in the hub. They kind of wanted to get out of the house for a little bit and it was cheaper for them to stay at our hotel than it is to actually Uber in and out. And that's why we just knew putting the money in was going to be a no-brainer. We also did uh, something very different which was we created what was called a half-day rate. And you know everybody had this perception that it was going to attract dodgy business in you know in terms of what are people going to get up to you know in that half day and well listen we all need a power nap oh, I mean you know what I mean absolutely I'm glad your mind was nothing, going nothing there. worse 100%. than this, that slump in the afternoon when you just need to get a, a power nap refresh and, and absolutely and back on the road right yeah so and when we introduced this half day rate what we realized was that there is a huge component of female travelers now if they have an appointment uh, a nine o'clock appointment or 10 o'clock appointment in Johannesburg, they've got to travel from Cape Town, they've got to be on that red-eye flight, flight, which is at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, any lady that's traveling, she's going to have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to do her makeup, do her hair, just so that she can actually be you know, ready for a 10 o'clock appointment. So what we found was that there were a lot of ladies that were booking the 6 o'clock flight but they didn't have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. They could get up way later, fly in, in a tracksuit, get to Johannesburg, check yourself into the hotel at 450 bucks. They could shower, do their makeup, do their hair, and then they were fresh and they would go to their meeting. So 80% of that half-day rate that was a take-up was our lady travelers, which was phenomenal. Well, listen, I totally believe that, and I think there's a whole new market for you as well in terms of uh, your lady corporates who have very high-end functions at the Santon Convention Center who finish work at four five o'clock don't want to drive back to Waterfall, Stain City or Danefern to get into a ball gown, do makeup, back in the traffic back into Santon. They're just looking for a two three hour room, 
quickly shower, quickly freshen up, do their makeup, get in a ball gown, and rock up at the Saturn Convention 100%. Center for dinner. And you know, Bob's your uncle. It's a new market. It's a, it, it's absolutely true. I can completely understand the thinking that you have, and it's quite interesting to see that people have also embraced that. Absolutely, and, and, and taken you up on your deal, which is which they is want convenience. Amazing. They want. They want that freedom and that flexibility. Um, and like I mentioned to you earlier, the, those two things are, are actually luxury in today's world. Yep. Having a minibar in your room is not luxury. I can just go down to the garage <laughs> and get something to drink if I really need to. But that the, the freedom and the flexibility of being able to, what, to do what you want to do when you want to do it and be connected at the same time, that's what actually adds such a massive new dimension to our business. Well, you must be in a very interesting seat right now because when you started planning and building this and investing into the space, the world was a very different space. And six months ago, we saw all of that shift dramatically. I mean, where even the disrupted industries were being disrupted by this pandemic. Totally. How did that change your thinking? I mean, did you at any point sit down and go, my goodness, what have we just done? Like, was this a good idea? Or this is still a good idea, but we now need to maybe just change things a bit? Or how do we adapt? Or is this going to change sooner rather than later? I mean, what went through your mind? We've always been very positive people, seeing opportunities and being able to adapt and change on the fly. So, I mean, we can change very quickly. If need be, we could just turn this into, uh, as you mentioned earlier, just a sleep hotel, as in come and have a power nap. Um, Get out of the house, away from your kids, and just come and spend a bit of time and and have a new uh, environment. We've got so much office space that's available for, you know, these little spaces where you can come and and get a boardroom or get an office or, so we're, and, but, I think, as I said, it's far easier to for us to change. We don't have uh, a big corporate that dictates how we need to operate. And I think that becomes a, quite a big challenge with, with some of the, you know, the biz- businesses, is that there's, there's too many red tape policies and procedures in place. So to change it, it, it takes such a long time. And I think right now in this, in this environment, you need to be able to change and you need to be able to adapt very quickly. I don't see that COVID is going to last forever. We're certainly in a position where I don't need to recover from last year or the year before. We're starting off from a zero base. So that in itself, shows me that my line is going up in any case so one more reservation is better than what i had last year (laughs) and and so we actually see the positiveness out of it i get that the industry is gonna need to recover but i think my message to to the hospitality space out there is what do you need to recover from the money's gone you've lost it okay it's gone it's like you didn't sell the room last night. You can't sell it again tomorrow. So if the industry as a whole is going to start to try and recover all the revenue that they've lost in the last 10 months, I think we're in for a rude awakening because the public certainly are not going to say, well, guys, we, we're going to continue to pay the rates that you were charging. We need to be dynamic in our pricing and start being more flexible. And if we just take the airlines for argument's sake, there's a new airline that's just come into market now, and they are going to take market share because their pricing structure is at the right level. 
and I think it's time now that the hospitality industry says let's stop being greedy and let's start creating something where the whole of the South African population can start to travel. There once upon a time it was cheaper for a South African family of four to go to Mauritius for a week's holiday than to try and go to Cape Town. And I think that's going to change a little bit, which means so many more people that have never seen Cape Town are now going to be able to go and travel. I'm hoping that. Now, this isn't your only Hotel Sky. This is only the beginning. Santon is sort of your first uh, step in the brand. Absolutely. Cape Town is around the corner. Tell us a little bit more about that development. So... That's just going to be a jewel on its own. It's a 540-bedroom hotel. It's right in the centre where the main hub of Cape Town is, next, right next to the convention centre. We have so many different room types that we're putting in there. In fact, one of the room types that we've now added is we've got 56 rooms that have got four bunk beds in the rooms, which now creates another uh, dimension to sports travel or or families that are traveling that have got more than two kids. You can now have three or four kids stay in the room with mom and dad at the same price as what uh, somebody else has just booked in a room because the room we sell, the, uh, the rate is by room as opposed to for like five people or six people. Mm. We've got two showers in the rooms. We've got two vanities in the rooms. Uh, so that space is just phenomenal. It's also going to target a lot of your your school sports groups and normally all those sporting events for schools and that are, are in the centers but the accommodation always has to be on the peripheral because they can't afford it whereas now we're creating a space where they can afford it we have uh, we've got twin rooms we've got standard queen rooms but the exciting thing that we're doing is we're putting a rod on top of the roof which is 27 stories up and it's it's called the big shot ride there's only three in the world this is this will be the third there's one in vegas one in singapore and when you're on that ride you have a 360 panoramic view of the ocean the waterfront table mountain and the stellenbosch mountains it is insane up there and it'll also make it the tallest building in cape town which we're really proud of that was Paul Kelly, Managing Director of Hotel Sky in Sant, and I also took the opportunity to catch up with General Manager Herman. Let's take a listen. So, Herman Britz, General Manager of Hotel Sky in Santon. Tell us a little bit more about the property from your perspective. Wow, man. It's almost like a sexy beast waiting to um, give you a fantastic, great experience. It's a mind-blowing experience trapped in a white facade in the center of Santon. So, no, what a, what a lovely experience it is for us. So, yeah, we're excited. Well, tell me about your build-up to this moment where you're now running this new hotel in Santon. I mean, you've been in the hotel space for such a long time, and now you're running this brand-new property. 20-plus years' experience with me. I think the Mission Starship, he's got 41 years' experience. Uh, so, collective, we were planning to open mid-June, July, got appointed probably March, and then, boom, lockdown announced. So, we've been in lockdown, and, and that never stopped us opening the property, i.e. doing the building, and then we start the prep work. Now you start, let's start doing policies and procedures. Let's start doing that, the, the back of house stuff, so that when we get into property, we are ready and, uh, and just plug and play and put things into place. However, it's, it's difficult to see suppliers, it's difficult to recruit, it was difficult to get people to mix and match and get the suppliers to produce. But most of the hard yards was done prior. 
So my career, I've been in the trenches all my whole life. So I've worked from every single department. I've been a porter, I've been a, a concierge. I've worked in every single department. Now, that obviously schools you. It's almost like the military, you know. You go through the ranks and you build up and now finally. Now that experience, opening up a property, getting an opportunity to open up and to disrupt the market totally. That's the nice opportunity is let's disrupt the market. And of course we've been schooled properly. We, this is how you present and this is how you should present. We're saying no, let's break that mold. How does the client want it? How do, the, how do we give this guest this brilliant, beautiful experience? So it's using many years experience, but now swinging on his head and giving a guest a great experience. So yeah, we're looking for that, the hero, which is the guest. Give them the great experience. T- tell us about the name. Okay. Why is it not called Sky Hotel and why is it called Hotel Sky? It's a, we're a group of mavericks, you know, and uh, sitting on with the planning is like, right, why don't we do this? Why don't we hang, you know, put the lira on the roof and let, while the people are dying, give them that experience, you know, why don't we get a self-playing piano? Why don't we get robots to do room service? You know what? The sky is the limit. So they said, okay, well, there you go. There's a nice name, you know, Sky Hotel. They said, well, no, you know, why don't we just mix it up a bit more? You know, Hotel Sky, and there you go. Bunch of mavericks that want to disrupt the market, and here we go, Hotel Sky. Well, let's walk through the experience, as you've already touched on a few things. So we're going to walk into the reception area, and it's it's eclectic, eccentric, colorful. You've got the chandeliers hanging from the roof, but there already the experience starts. So you've got a self-check-in, and you've got a normal check-in. How, how, how do they differentiate? How do they work? Okay, Just so talk us through this that. Is, this is again the, the guest experience. When you walk in, you're going to get this mind-blowing experience. But this is where you've got your options. You can walk in. You can either have booked with your app. Self, you do the app. You this can, is your own app. The, the Hotel Sky app, which you can do your booking. You can do. Uh, you can open your lift with the app. You can open the passage door, your room door. You can do the TV remote from your app. You can do room service with the app and all of that and check out and without any interaction with the staff member. So if you choose to have a tough day, I don't want to mix with anybody, I just want to go to my room, you've got that exit. However, we also have a self-checking experience where we've got the self-checking kiosk where you can scan your card, it will dispense the key card, you can then open your room key. However, some groups also want to say, listen, my group want to check in separate. We take the self-checking kiosk, we put it in your conference area, and halas, you um, do your check-in from, from your space. So you've got that, but however, we've got very competent, capable uh, crew staff members uh, that's willing to assist at any stage. But there's also the challenge is, how do we take this tech now and getting the consumer in South Africa to say, right, I'm ready, I want to take the app, I want to I consume, you know, I want to do the self-checking station. So, you know, we need to cater for the entire market, but this is, it again, the guest and the, our hero in our story has got the choice. They can choose. They choose what they want to do. So three different check-in uh, methods. One, for someone who really is not interested in interacting with anybody, they just want to literally almost be like ghosts in the passageways, like walk in, walk out, and we wouldn't even know that you were here. And then the classic way of checking into a hotel with somebody behind the desk, it's up to how high-tech or how classic you want to go. We then make our way into the hotel. You touched on the conferencing. You've got a fantastic auditorium. Uh, I don't know how many yeah. seats is it? 190 seater, but you know, you add a little trace, you can make it a 200 seater, but a comfortable 190 seater. Now the, the, the auditorium, I mean, take this space, it is beautiful. It's got a, the, the, the follow me camera uh, specs. It's got the app, remember with my strong Afrikaans accent, I mean, it can, it can translate straight from the app. 
you, your delegates, the, they ask your questions, the camera would go onto your delegates. No more running around with a roaming mic and waiting for somebody to ask a question. It's there. It's at your fingertips. It's the latest, the best. Again, with the, with the tech, uh, with the speed, with the Wi-Fi speed. Uh, I mean, you can stream out through, to all the countries in the world and uh, again, have a mind-blowing experience in the auditorium. We've got business centers, digital uh, flip charts where you can write and you can send it to your delegates. You can send it to all the delegates that uh, attend at your conferences. And, and again, the breakaway rooms is linked to their main auditorium. It's probably why we get so excited about our product because it's really so funky and so sexy. So that's the conference room. We've got 200-seat conference room called Solstice 1 and 2. I mean, you can divide it in two, two spaces, you know, 50-seaters or, or 200-seaters, depends on your, your setup. And you can probably do a comfortable conference with uh, dining. You can probably do a 180-seater. But again, with the full tech, with the screens, with the audio um, and the follow me cameras, again, beautiful conference facility. But I think the hero would again be the public spaces. The, I mean, the, the the Equinox breakfast room. I mean, it's it's more a 300-seater restaurant where we've got the chef mic'd. You know, we've got the cameras on the on the chef. Uh, we can see his, his show, his showmanship, cooking the food. Uh, there's TV monitors that can show you what is doing. I mean, you can do for cooking lessons while uh, while you stay at our property. You can go out on the terrace, which is situated on corner more than west, obviously with your uh, hustle and bustle and see the traffic walking past. You then move up to the self-playing piano lounge, which is a Galileo lounge. I mean, the space is just superb. Um, with the piano in the space, uh, self-playing, you can select from the playlist. You can then have your champagnes or your cocktails in that space. So from your breakfast, you go to the, the high tea or your conference or your cocktails. And then we finally end up in our Eclipse uh, elegant dining restaurant with a beautiful west sunset view. Uh, we've got the, the, the waste for the artists in the property. And again, I said elegant dining, you know. We want to break the mold again. It's not fine dining, you know. It is elegant dining. Let's give you that really wow experience. Again, backed by a Michelin star chef and um, and uh, it's all about the guests and giving you that great experience after that you go to your room um, uh, the room sizes again we've got different room types and room configuration uh, in the TV or the rooms itself I mean you can you can choose to to, to, to Chromecast you can do your Netflix you can sign in I mean the speed again would allow for that and then obviously we do um, have the DSTV bouquet for the sports lovers in the room space but again I mean your your water is purified from uh, water, water purifying t a plant. So you can drink the water out of the tap or out of the shower head, whichever you prefer. <laughs> Depends on how much tequila you add. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've, you've listed a lot, but I mean, it is really, there's just so much going on here. And it is, there's so many unique things from what, from what I've seen. And you've taken me around the property that are just so unusual and so unique to this property i mean from the the entertainment that you mentioned during the fine dining i mean there's there's not many places if at all that you can go to where you can have dinner fine dining dinner and almost a, a Cirque du Soleil kind of experience uh, you know whilst overlooking uh, some great views of Santon 
you've got the high-speed internet, which we, we tested early on. I think we got to, to 33 point something megabits per second, which is really remarkable in terms of internet speed. Uh, you know, if you're bringing your own entertainment, you don't want to have the thing buffering and lagging. You've got a gym downstairs. You've got a spa in the making. I mean, there's just so much going on, apart from the, the AI robots that will come and deliver your food or, or help you or answer your questions. You've really thought of some really... Uh, colorful new ideas which really kind of go with the colorful new hotel that you've now opened uh, on the corner of Morden West. So if you come to this property it it has to you have to take your breath and say wow what a great experience and I'm going back there and it's all readily priced it's priced right in the market it is going to disrupt the market it's going to make sure that everybody's got a got a great opportunity to stay in Santon. I forgot about my favorite space in which is the the heated pool area just making sure that we have a heated pool. I want a great swimming experience. So heat the pool, get your toes wet, and have a great experience. So and it's also the biggest pool in Santon, I believe. Biggest pool, 175 square meters, and it's in magnificent space. Again, the property allows you to, depends, if you if you come on a conference, you could, you know, you could have a pool party. Next day, you can have a, you can have a fine dining experience with the artist in the artistry. You could have the piano lounge, converted into a, a slow lounge you can I mean there is so many opportunities so every time will be a unique experience and it all depends on and how you want to cater it for you or your clients and it's it's just that what it is and the nicest thing is we're having so much fun at the property and the staff is just there we've, we've selected the real hard-working passionate hotelers that really want to give you a great experience so yeah, it's all about the experience and it has to blow you away so you've just opened, you're doing a bit of a, a soft launch, you're kind of obviously figuring out all the bits and bobs that you've got working here and there's so many of them happening at the same time. You've got some great deals happening now over December, maybe you want to touch on those uh, briefly and then also your plans going into 2021. We've got, we've got spare capacity, so what we call, we call it trickle trade, you know, the, the business is coming in, let's, let's, let's look after them and give them a great experience. It also gives us an opportunity to take the training wheels off and make sure that everything works, you know, the nuts and bolts and get to program it. And, and that's why we gave away this, this fantastic experience where we can give you a room at 5.95 of a weekend. I mean, stay in the hotel, there you go. But why don't I just add breakfast for a couple and I mean, make it 8.95 and it's a bed and breakfast for two adults. Hold on, let's make it one step better. Why don't I charge you 1,400 Rand and I throw in a dinner experience. So now you've got a dinner, bed and breakfast, a, a coffee experience uh, and a fantastic experience in Johannesburg and, and making sure that we can give everybody that opportunity to come and experience this property. Come and see the robots, come and meet the robots. I mean, the, uh, we gave them uh, female names. I mean, it's Lexi, uh, Mika and Ariel. And they're real little fashionistas and you can ask them about the, the shopping mall experience, you can ask them about tra traveling experiences. They will build the AI, and, and I'm talking about the robots, where the, the artificial intelligence in time, they can tell you, listen, go to Gautren, if you're going to the airport, you've got the Air France, go to level three, the trip will be 75 Rand, and you get out at the airport and go to terminal three, and this is where your Air France check-in counter would be. And I'm using all the examples where they build this information where you should ask them anything. What is the cost? How do you make a cocktail? All of that information, they're still in, 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 in learning mode and where they will build this in, uh, artificial intelligence and, and build the data. I mentioned that 
the robots do we had to switch off one of the beautiful features which is the facial recognition and and that is again back to going back to the basics of hoteliers is is the guest privacy and making sure that we protect your privacy making sure that we we don't share your information and then obviously treat you with the necessary respect so uh, the, it would have been fun to get them to start building then getting the facial recognition at some stage I mean what is your name I mean James Bond next time you check in they will welcome Mr. James Bond into the property and uh, and, and that's probably the fun element, but we have to be responsible at this stage and, 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 and baby steps, and we'll get there. One day we'll, we'll explore it. But at this stage, I mean, the sky's the limit. We can do anything. We, we try and not say no to anything. We try and find reasons why we can do things instead of why we cannot do things. So that's it. And uh, it's usually passionate hoteliers that can say yes, and we're going to make it happen. Christmas, we've got the Christmas special, or we've got the uh, a Christmas luncheon at six ninety-five per person. Kids obviously at three hundred, and I mean we're going to entertain your kids. We're going to do the give, make sure that they get that great experience. That is, I mean a six ninety-five uh, full five and a half kilogram turkeys that we're loading on the buffets. Then uh, we obviously launching the clips experience, which is probably on the eighteenth, and that's the fine dining restaurant, and then closing off on the New Year's Eve. Get, let's get rid of this 2020 let's go into 2021 into the sky hotel and we're gonna do it with a great gatsby evening probably the cost there is probably about a thousand two hundred rand per person but man you're getting a five star a five course meal plus your drink included and there you go it's gonna be just uh, let's, let's get rid of this year and let's just close it with a bang well, Herman Brits, General Manager of Hotel Sky in Santon, I wish you some successful December trade into the new year, and I look forward to chatting to you again on the, this podcast. Thank you, sir. Right, it's been a colourful year for most businesses and an innovative year for particularly the education sector. While some are still trying to establish the next normal, education quickly pivoted and has found its natural fit in the digital space. Henley Africa Dean and Director Jonathan Foster-Pedley joins us on the line. And Jonathan, great to have you on the line again. And as you reflect on 2020, what have you taken out of a year that for many was a spanner in the works on an industrial level? Thanks, Alex. Um, that's a great question. You know, we, we, we were lucky. We saw this we saw this coming a little earlier than some, mainly because I'd been out in Europe and had seen it happening. And um, we're quite attuned to, you know, being, being a business school, we do a lot of scanning of the environment. So we took it seriously early. And that allowed us to pivot very quickly. And so what we did, we, we, we got our, our virtual learning up and running in, in March and went 100% virtual. All our clients stayed with us, which was wonderful. Uh, the MBAs, uh, the, the lecturers couldn't travel from the UK, so we went virtual and uh, we managed to start teaching in different ways. What, what was so interesting was that uh, in the early stages, we started looking at all the capabilities and competences for working virtually. And it came down to a couple of very simple things. Uh, you've got to have trust in your team. So you've got to spend a lot of time talking to your team. You've got to, you've got to major on empathy and you've got to major on organization as well, because in the background, because it's COVID, you can't just you can't just mess around with this. You've got to be enormously precise and and professional, and um, to the point of where people might call you pedantic. But it's not that at all. If you're going to deal with safety, you've got to be very detail conscious. So underneath there's this very strong organisation 
And on top of it, there's this adaptation to the virtual world, a lot of performance skills. So we're learning from people like you, you know, who are so used to the silver screen. We had to become mini stars of our own, in our own right. So we quickly sorted up on what you've learned years ago. And I hope we're catching up with you a bit. So, so it's a mixture of multiple skills. But above all, it's a matter of staying calm, uh, look, taking the long view, not panicking, and understanding that this is a serious moment, but it's not going to, you know, it doesn't have to be absolutely critical. Some organizations are better fitted to adapt to the virtual world than others. And others find it very hard to change their business models because they were so face to face. And other, other people find it very hard to change their thinking because we're so used to this world. We think it's so real. It can't possibly dissolve. And wow, look at it. It did. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. Uh, never has a drama degree or a drama qualification been more important than now. And uh, I was actually picking this up on the internet. I think there was some uh, tertiary institution that was looking for some lecturers. And one of the the key descriptions that they had as part of the sort of job description was that they had to be able to perform on camera, which I think for most people is daunting enough to have to sit in a meeting or sit in a lecture room and try and deliver a lecture. Never mind now to have to become a performer and a thespian in front of the Zoom camera or on video. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, you think you're interviewing me, but actually I'm interviewing you <laughs> for a job of teaching at Henley. Oh, so I'll be asking a lot of questions, Alex. Well, Jonathan, more on that later. Uh, you, you had a particularly <laughs> great MBA year, and I'm just going to go into some uh, some numbers here. You had the highest ever number of applications for an MBA class this year, 580 up from 422 years ago. What do you think has been the, the biggest driving force behind that? Look, I think there's a couple of things. One is that we are an international degree. We're the only one in South Africa. And we talk, we never do competitive selling. We never go out there and say Gibbs uh, or UCT. We have no, in fact, we do the opposite. I mean, I've raised Gibbs. I've raised UCT. I've raised, you know, USB. They're all great business schools. And we encourage people to look at them all. We never do that negative selling thing. We, we need so many good business schools in South Africa that we praise them and suggest they go and look at them. I think that makes a difference because then people feel that we're not petty in the way we look at things. But education is a really big thing for people. You know, they're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money on this. And they don't want, they don't want nonsense and, and sort of hype and competitive positioning. We, we tell the truth as it is. I think that's another part of it. The other thing is very flexible MBA that we do. It's, it's over three years part-time. So we have this family-friendly process. So we try and bring the families in. We, 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 we bring previous partners and talk to the new students. How do they survive this? So we, we don't make it Marriage Breakup Academy, nor do we make it the Making Babies Academy. But it's the MBA, which is you know, <laughs> Masters in Building Africa, maybe. Amazing. Yeah, well, and, we, and, we, and we keep it light, but we're incredibly motivational. We, we want everyone to succeed. But we can't change the standard. So it's a top global standard. But we just want everyone to do well. Well, there's this great saying that I came across, which said, uh, when fishermen can't go to sea, they mend their nets. It has been a time of upskilling. I'd be quite interested to hear if the upskilling has been driven by the individual, seeing the re reality that this is a great time to use your time as best possible or is it coming from corporates and companies saying you know what like business isn't happening so we might as well take this time to upskill our teams and make sure that we're ready when things kick in again that we're at a better level than we were before well i think that's a very intelligent question actually Alex. i'm glad <laughs> um <laughs> i i think you know, in all honesty 
I think MBAs are quite counter-cyclical. Well, almost all the time, in good times, people, you know, competition is greater. And so people think, well, if I get an MBA, I'm going to be a better place to, to compete. We're, we're very collaborative in our view. We think we, people need to work together. So I think in those good times, people work together. But in, in tougher times, you're right, people do mend their nets. They really reflect on what they want to do. And it forces people to think beyond the treadmill. And what do I want to do in life? What do I want to have? And an MBA isn't just a corporate degree. It's also a, a proper moment of deep reflection and reorientation. Because yes, you learn a lot of skills of business, but you also spend a lot of time developing your thinking and your perspective on life. So I think um, a number of individuals have seized the opportunity to do something. They've also seen, well, this is the changing world. And there's a, there's a raft of skills I'm going to need now. And, and people are smart. They see these skills, so they re-educate themselves. From a company point of view, it's really interesting because you'd imagine that companies would hunker down and close all the taps and, and just survive. But there's plenty of research that shows some previous dramas and recessions and the crash in 2008. But those organizations that invested in innovation and in obviously in talent and in building new businesses and diversifying in the hardest times, we're able to spring back so much faster and also not sink so low, you know, because the old model has been challenged. The ones that innovated and invested in change, um, plenty of data that shows that on, on, as a rule, they did far better than the other companies. So those prescient and reflective and strategic leaders, I don't mean strategic in the sort of classic business school way, give me a plan, get out of my way. You know, the ones who think about complex problems that are hard to solve, but then mull them over, can see that the future requires a whole set of new skills for people and they're investing in their people. And also it's motivational. You study now, you keep yourself active and it's something to hold on to as well. And you know you're doing something worthwhile in a fairly challenging situation. Well, I mean, the digital space was something that a lot of tertiary education space type businesses had looked at for quite some time. I mean, uh, you know, it was something that a lot of dabbled in and it was kind of a bit of a fringe thing. And now it's become a, a mainstream concept. I mean, there's obviously no other way of doing it right now than going digital. But with that, also the digital qualification has come under review again, where before people said, well, you know, a digital qualification, you know, is that really as good as having that sort of seal with a hard piece of paper in a frame on your on your, on your your wall? And you've taken it one step further now and you've even certified this digital qualification. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it's a funny old world, isn't it? You know, you keep reading about people who, who forge their degrees and pretend they've got things they haven't got. And if, you, if you're a top business school, as, as we as apparently are, according to the rankings, you know, we, we do very well in the world. We're triple internationally accredited, only 1% of business schools are. You've got to think about how do you protect this asset that people have spent so long getting? And you don't want somebody to print a fake CV or print a fake certificate. And while very few people do that, it does happen. And if, unless we protect our brand and, and more importantly, the students who put so much effort into getting this, um, then we're not really doing much for service and, and we're not really leaping into new worlds. So you get the same degree as you would before. So you can have a piece of paper if you want. And, you know, frankly, it's rather nice to have a piece of paper nicely framed with gold seals, et cetera, on your wall. You know, whether it's behind your bar or behind your office or locked in your safe, it doesn't really matter. You know, you've got it. And I think it's, it's really nice. And you can show families that, you know, wow, look what I've got. And the families like to do it. 
But also you want to have some sort of crypto security, don't you? You want to have the best levels of blockchain level security so that when somebody's got a Henley degree and somebody wants to know, well, do they really? They can go and check it out. You, you've got this certificate that's um, cyber, you know, cyber generated, cyber secure and absolutely unforgeable. And so we've done that this year. I think we're the first business school in Africa to do it. And one of the first few in the world where we have not only our normal certificates, if you want them, but the, the gold seal of it all is this crypto certificate with a company called Privy Seal. I'll give them a plug there. Privy Seal, everybody, they'll do it for you. And uh, you've got this certificate that nobody, uh, nobody can forge. And you can go anywhere in the world with it. And it kind of looks funky, doesn't it, to have a crypto certificate? as well you can have you can have your certificate on the wall and a little chip glued to it as well so i've got a crypto one as well it's unforgeable and we've done that we've done it really to help people um you know be mobile be very secure there is an unbelievable amount of fake news and fake science going around and it's also a signal that we take that uh you know fighting fake news seriously and, and fighting fake science so it's a it's a big part of business school activities now i think we may very well start a program in that I run a program and how you can how you can discern truths from falsehood in all aspects of the news media and life in general that would be good wouldn't it absolutely i think uh you know even now when you were mentioning the uh, the the crypto uh, certificates. I mean, in the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency, it would be the the logical next move to have uh, an, a crypto degree or a crypto uh, qualification. Jonathan, on a completely different note, what does a, a dean of a business school do when uh, the December holidays come around? So, I mean, it's been a very challenging year. Are you taking a bit of a break? Are you ready to jump into 2021? Well, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm tuning up my guitar. I'm learning a bit more blues. I'm helping my wife plant all our verges outside with gardens. We've decided to rewild our verges. You know how much wasted money and energy is cutting the grass outside our verges? Why don't you just plant indigenous plants and let local insects and things be there? Can you imagine how that would transform Johannesburg? I've just come back from the bush. I've been out three days walking in Kruger with a couple of armed guides. You know, that's been fascinating, up close and personal with elephants. We were with a herd of elephants on one side. Between the elephants uh, and us were a very nervous couple of buffaloes trying to get past us. And, the play and there was a river on the right that had crocodiles in it. So we And we had the kids with us. But luckily, we had very experienced rangers, so we, we moved out early. And so we had lots of lovely nature experiences, learning which trees are which. And you know what? We spend so little time thinking about the world we live in i mean even the air that moves past us and the trees and, and the insects those are really important things for us to be take cognizance of now we can't while we have cryptocurrencies you can't live in a crypto world you know the world is a as a is a system that we need to understand and why i'm pushing this is because i think it's one of going to be one of the next frontiers in education we really work on ethics we really work on sustainability we also work on our place in the world and nature. You can't have organizations that are creating social and natural consequences. So one of the things I'll be doing is, is mulling over how to bring more environmental um, kind of insight into how we work. And that's also a metaphor for how you work with complex systems. So I'll be doing that sort of thing and buying a new computer for my boy and buying a puppy for my girl, all the things everyone else is doing. And, and generally, I don't drink. So, you know, that's a tedious for other people probably so i can save some money there and i shall probably learn how to cook another couple of dishes same as anybody else in the world i'm sure all the same things 
Well, it sounds absolutely yeah. fabulous and uh, a mindful uh, Jonathan Foster Pedley there. And I think you've also made everybody in Europe jealous now as they go into a complete lockdown. And here we are walking amongst the elephants and the buffalo. So, uh, yeah, just uh, give that some thought whilst you're sitting at home during Christmas and New Year's, wherever you are in the world. Jonathan Foster Pedley, he is the Dean and Director of Henley Africa. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on this last podcast for 2020. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you again in 2021. That's excellent. And Alex, thank you very much. Why don't you come and run a course for us where you teach executives how to be brilliant on Zoom? <laughs> you know, let's talk well, later. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that later, Jonathan. Let me just get some eggnog and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pick up on that. <laughs> Maslow Hotel in Santon recently opened again, and this week they invited some key media to present their Christmas lunch and New Year's Eve dinner menu. General Manager Herman Swart and I sat down afterwards for a quick catch-up, and I asked him, how's business? Gee, Alex, I must tell you, it's been, a, it's been an interesting, interesting couple of months. We started off very slowly, but the moment word got out in October, you know, we, we sort of were forecasting around about... A 15% occupancy, which is which is horrific. I mean, for in the context of what we used to trade in, and we finished um, October at about 19.7%, and then going into November a little bit more positive, but November also flattened down, um, so ended about 20%, which is very much in line with what else uh, you know what's happening elsewhere in the node uh, in the country. So, 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 yeah, it's been tough. We've seen a complete turnaround or change in, in, in customer behavior. We previously, obviously, we, we, we predominantly a corporate, corporate hotel with some foreign international travel um, and some tours, uh, which is mostly midweek business. Um, and uh, because of the international sort of lockdown on borders, etc., Midweek business have, have, have shrunk significantly, but um, there's a lot of uh, activity over weekends. Uh, local business, uh, local local travellers that just wants to come and spend uh, a quiet weekend away from home, um, and then also smaller functions, parties. You know, you know your 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 birthday parties, um, small wedding receptions over weekends, um, baby showers, that kind of thing is happening over weekends a lot more now. So, so yeah, completely different, uh, different from from what we ended off at uh, in March. Um, quiet weeks, busy weekends. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's really where we are at the moment. Well, we still see a significant amount of hotels in Santon still completely closed. I yeah. mean, they've never actually reopened since the lockdown. Yeah. Do you think that reopening was a good move for you? You've had a chance to kind of re-oil the wheels, maybe figure out things that a lot of them will probably have to figure out once they do open at some point? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think having opened for us was, uh, it was important for us to remain front of mind. Because of the comp- competition in the, in the node being, uh, being um, so, so strong, uh, we didn't want to disappear from the minds of our customers. It was a bit of a gamble, but then again, we, you know, we're part of a gambling company. If we were a standalone hotel, we, we, sh- we would never have opened again. Uh, thanks to the Sun International brand backing us and our, our, our strong uh, gambling um, action throughout Southern Africa, um, you know, the company can carry the two, the two standalone hotels, which is the Table Bay and the Maslow. Um, to just take us through this this time, I, I feel very sorry for the smaller companies and and standalone hotels because there's just no way we would have survived. 
You recently released a, a bit of a piece to the media in terms of some of your thoughts and, and ideas that you've had over the last couple of weeks since you've been operating again. Now, do you want to just kind of summarize those and share those with us uh, for the listeners who haven't had a chance to, to read it? Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe I must just go a little bit back. You know, I'm, I'm not a traditional hotelier and I, I'm a little bit of an odd one out. Um, I, I often joke and say I'm the world's worst general manager of hotels, um, and, and, uh, but that also places one in a strong position because I, I approach my business completely different. I didn't go to hotel school, I don't really have any, any serious qualifications, etc., but I actually grew up in the gambling side of our business. And I think gambling being what it is, we were sort of bred to think on our feet, think fast, adjust fast, focus on promotional activity. Um, you know, know your customers, um, have a strong database, get to them quickly, because um, that's just what gambling is. It's, it's fast, there's hype, it's, it's very active, etc. You know, and then coming to, to Santon 18 months ago, to a, a, a property of this stature and this sort of level, you know, for me being a, a barefoot three-state boyki, it was a bit intimidating coming to, and being Afrikaans, you know, coming to Santon. But I, I decided to, to use my almost non knowledge of, of the industry of this high competitive environment and, and look at the business a little bit differently. And then, and then COVID hit and, um, you know, and we had to start sort of and try design a, a sort of a new philosophy around how we, we run our operations. And, and having, having worked um, at Sun City and actually really cut my teeth there on, on the industry, understanding how resorts operate, I sort of felt that we should approach the Maslow um, going forward as a resort hotel and, and sort of use the Maslow as a gateway to the exciting things that Johannesburg have to offer. Now, at the moment, I think I'm probably the most positive person, the most positive, positive Afrikaans person <laughs> about Johannesburg. <laughs> I know there's a lot of Afrikaans people living in Joburg, but, um, you know, in, in, in my 18 months in Santon, I think I've stumbled upon Afrikaans most probably three times you know in shops or whatever that's on a good day that's on a good day yeah. i almost want to hug them you know it's like <laughs> it's like traveling internationally it's the weirdest thing and um and, and and you know having spent most of my life in pretoria and 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 on the northern side of the burival curtain you know i've i know that us as afrikaners you know being pretty conservative and sort of like our routine and so on you know we don't go into foreign territory too often i just realized that Joburg has got so much to offer it is a vibrant beautiful an exciting city with so many things that have evolved and it is that has happened around us you know and little secrets that there are to be discovered i mentioned earlier today to somebody you know the day that i think the blue bulls came and played in a super a super 15 match in soweto a couple of years ago and and the afrikaans boys i mean i would reckon most probably 80 percent of the bull supporters are afrikaans speaking they didn't want to go home they had such a good time in the shabins in soweto and, they, and you know enjoyed drinking out of courts and, and, and just enjoying the vibe. And, and, and I think we need to replicate that for Johannesburg. Uh, and I'm not only talking about Pretoria, I'm talking about places like Van der Baal Park, Vereniging, etc. You know, so, so the whole philosophy is, is, you know, come stay with us and we'll take you places. So one of the packages we've got out in the market now, you know, we give you your money back uh, if you get onto the car train. And then when you hit Santon, you know, we, um, we, we give you, uh, in the form of your car train ticket value, some uh, cocktails in our bar. 
and we basically give you transportation within a 20 kilometers radius of, of any area or any place uh, that you would like to go and see or experience. You know, I was asking amongst my team the other day, you know, uh, who's been to the War Museum? And I, I think it's probably about 20% of the people in the room has seen the War Museum, and I think it's a phenomenal, a fantastic place. You know, I asked people if they know where the Katie's Palace Bar was. You know, it's probably about 10% of the people know, and Cramerville is literally five minutes away from us. And the same goes for places like Mabuning and, uh, and a variety of other attractive... I mean, places like 44 and Stanley, you know, it's just a place where you can go and sit and have a meal. But still a very sexy and, and a very vibrant place. And, 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 uh, and we're spoiled for choice in Johannesburg. And I just think we should expose the rest of Gauteng to Joburg again. So the whole idea is, is, is you know, you come stay with us for a weekend with your family. Your transportation is booked. So your chauffeur picks you up at the door on Saturday morning, takes you to the zoo. You have your, your, your day there. And then you find and your chauffeur comes and collects you again and brings you back. Um, you don't have to use your car at all, so you, you Uber to the car train station in Hatfield. I'm saying now coming from the east of Pretoria. You get on the car train, you get, you get to the, the car train station here in, in Santon. Um, our, our shuttle picks you up free of charge, brings you to the hotel. You're spoiled for choice. Um, our shuttle runs every half an hour to Santon City and a variety of other areas. And then um, on the day, that you decide to do your excursion, your chauffeur takes you and, and, and you, can, you can enjoy a variety of exciting activities. I mean, Goldreef City is just down the road. There's some lovely water parks that you can, that you can go to, etc. And, and you can just really have a good weekend. And away is your, is your concern for security and safety. And with that, um, your worry about you know, traffic and all of those weird and wonderful perceptions we have about Johannesburg. I find it to be a fantastic city and I'm, and I'm very fortunate to have been living here for the last 18 months. I mean, you've really sort of uh, brought colour to the idea of a staycation because yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. have kind of bought into that idea. Yeah. But now the sort of the rest of the picture is missing. So now yeah. we're going to be staying at a hotel which is in our city. Yeah. But now what? What Absolutely. do we do now? And I think you've, you've kind of given us some great ideas in terms of what there is to see. And, yeah. and like you say, a lot of people actually haven't really done the research or haven't really thought about yeah. what is there to do apart yeah. from going to the mall or some of the ob- other obvious things. Yeah. I mean, the reason we're here today as well is that also you've just launched your, uh, your Christmas lunch that you're going to be doing, your New Year's Eve dinner. Uh, maybe we can briefly chat about some of those uh, things that you're going to be doing. I know we've had a fantastic spread of delicious starters, mains, dessert from across the different uh, evenings that you're going to be hosting. Uh, what can people sort of expect? Uh, briefly in terms of what Christmas and New Year's is going to be offering? Uh, you know, one of the things that we, that we want to achieve at the Maslow is, is that there needs to be a waiting list for everything that we do. And I'm very proud to say that we don't do many events, but the events that we do are booked out way in advance. We've got, we've got really fantastic chefs that, that have been given a clean sheet to really design and create what comes from the heart. And I don't put any limitations on the guys as far as the menu design and creativity is concerned. And I just get constantly surprised. And I think, you know, especially in times like this where people have realized the value of work, people don't need to be managed. Eh? Uh, p- people want to do well. They want to excel. And that's, ma- that's what makes it easy for me being a general manager of a hotel like this is, is, is I can just really watch and, and stand in awe as to what they come up with. And again, this year, the menus are, are superb. I'm, I'm really excited and very proud of Chef Hector, who has used, used a lockdown 
to create a complete new business for himself. And coming back out of that, uh, our executive chef has, has resigned. He's going to pursue his own interests. But I'm very excited about Chef Omar Menhuk, who was born and bred in Algeria. He's a very good friend of mine. Um, he's been with Sun for a number of years. He's, had, he's recently had a stint in, in Kenya, uh, where he was regional executive chef for a, a five-star company that owns lodges there. He, he, we brought him back to Swaziland, um, and he's uh, joining us next week as our executive chef. And uh, Omar brings a completely different flair uh, and approach to, to, to what we're going to be presenting this year. So as far as the detail is concerned, I've seen some of the menus, but I'm sure Omar is going to tweak them slightly to bring a little bit of his influence into, into what we present. But I can assure you, it's, it's going to be unique and it's going to be different. And, and that's the one thing that the Maslow is all about. It is about self-actualization, you know, being at, that, at the top of the hierarchy. But then it's also about, you know, focusing at the bottom and making sure that everybody is secure, safe and comfortable. Uh, and we try and work through that whole, whole spectrum of, of, of what Maslow stands for. And I think it's very appropriate. I always wondered, you know, sort of what was the, how, how applicable was this Maslow theme to the hotel. But ever since I've been here, you know, it's really grown on me. Yeah, so, so, so Christmas and New Year's is uh, there's good entertainment. I signed off the order today for New Year's Eve's entertainment. I almost fainted when I saw the cost, you know, and I just decided, I mean, just, just you know, it's, it, we're all very cost conscious at the moment, but I thought to myself, you know, the Maslow is, is if we do it, if we're going to do it, let's just do it properly. And, and I just closed my eyes and signed it, and I just believe that we, especially for New Year's, you know, New Year's Eve, we will do the numbers that's actually going to justify the expense. Yeah, I'm bringing my whole family, all 13 of them um, here. Uh, I'm, paying, I'm paying out of my pocket um, for the meal on Christmas Day just because I believe in our product. And I also, you know, my parents turned both turned 80 this year. So I also want them to experience what we have on offer because I'm really, really very proud of what we have here. It has been a fantastic spread. I mean, the dessert, I know the chef has a particular sweet tooth and the dessert never yeah. disappoints, yeah, uh, but you're not going to be disappointed by the starters of the mains as well. Yeah. And also talking about New Year's, I think uh, New Year's is going to be quite different this year. Yeah. I think if we still have the curfew at midnight, well, I couldn't think of a, a better place to be because you can literally flip-flop from uh, from dinner and drinks right up to, up until midnight yeah. uh, into bed without yeah. having to drive anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something probably to consider as well when, when people plan their... New Year's Eve activities, whatever that's going to look like. What are your hopes for 2021? I mean, you've touched on uh, the fact that you're going to have a new uh, executive chef in place, which is going to be quite exciting. I'm sure he's going to come with new menus. But, but otherwise, I mean, have you got sort of a bit of a perspective or vision for the first quarter of 2021? What do you think the hotel might do or, or how the industry or the greater Santon community might go? Alex, yeah, I've been talking to a variety of our corporate, uh, our good corporate clients in, 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 in the node. Um, Discovery is one, Rand Merchant Bank, NetBank, are all, are all uh, companies that really supports us. And, and all of them are saying that they're expecting their executives to start really trading out of the node again, um, sort of February, March next year. The other exciting thing is, is obviously uh, that with the inoculations now becoming available in Europe, we're going to be seeing, I think, a lot more travel coming out into Santon from, a, from an international corporate perspective and potentially FITs as well. And I believe that, uh, that, that next year is going to show some really good numbers. And, and I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing some good uh, 
good numbers coming out of out of our international travel uh, from about February March next year, and then and then obviously local business coming into Santon as well. It is it is quite volatile at the moment. It's very difficult to read. Uh, I think because people are sensitive to changes in the environment and still rather just prefer you know, working from home and, and doing the online meetings. But uh, I've also seen a complete change in people walking in here, you know, and, 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 and sort of being excited just to be able to interact again. You know, that's, a, that's, that's certainly uh, a complete chance. It's, in fact, it is more enjoyable being in, in, in this kind of business now than what it was before lockdown. It is like people are more open, they are, they are more at ease, they are more thankful and appreciative been getting really superb feedback from our customers uh, from a satisfaction perspective and 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 I think to a large extent the team is obviously working very hard but I think our customers are also are also a little bit more appreciative of the small things and that washes back into your staff so it all just creates this very positive upward spiral which from an, an international exposure perspective is really good for South Africa I think. Absolutely. Well, Herman Swart, General Manager of the Maslow Hotel, I wish you uh, some successful Christmas trade and well through the festive season and into the new year. And I'm sure you and I are going to sit down uh, when 2021 comes along. And uh, let's hope it's going to be a better year than this year, as colourful as it's been. Absolutely, Alex. Thank you. And it's, as always, it's, it's really lovely having you. And, and by the way, I absolutely love your shirt. I really think it's... A, thank you. My festive Christmas shirt. That's <laughs> super. <laughs> really good having you with us. Thank you. All right, it's time for our last events guide for this year, and we're going to keep it Christmassy and festive. So if you haven't gone anywhere yet, well, the Field Market in Santon is a family-centered market situated in Parkmore, has a lovely setting under the trees, and focuses on supporting local vendors. You can enjoy everything from handmade goods to deli products, gourmet food stalls, and a craft gin bar. There is live music throughout the day and kiddies Christmas activities too. Then Brighton Organic Market, well they've still got their last markets rolling out for the year. They're all Christmas markets and they've been running from 15th of December and end on Friday 18 December, 3 to 7 p.m. This is a wholesome family event and offers festive food and some great handcrafted gifts. And then finally, don't forget the Christmas village that's taking place at Sandton City. You can immerse yourself in a traditional European Christmas experience for that festive feeling from gifting to gourmet delights and entertainment. The Christmas village is at entrance 12, which is the Protea Court, and it's going from the 10th of December up until the 22nd of December, Monday to Thursday, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., and Friday to Sunday, 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that's your events guide for this week and for this year and that's it stay safe as always and uh, please do go out responsibly when you do go out if you want to get in touch with us for the new year when we roll out season two of this podcast please don't forget you can email editor at santantimes.ca.za you can reach out on social media at santantimes and visit the blog santantimes.ca.za please also take some time now over this holiday to subscribe share and leave a review or rating of this podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud overcast youtube anchor whichever platform you prefer Pick one, and uh, it'd be great to get uh, a rating and some feedback and a review from you. Thank you to all my guests for today, and that's it for the last show of the Santon Times podcast for 2020. We've done just under 2,000 minutes of content uh, this year. We've had listeners from 47 different countries. We've had some fantastic conversations with CEOs, entertainers, celebrities, financial experts, and everything in between. For now, Merry Christmas, a very happy new year, and thank you for listening. 
Let's chat again in 2021. <laughs>